Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Hello, folks. Welcome to Wednesday night. What a great day to be alive in the will of God. Amen. Um, I was just thinking I'm going to talk tonight about some different things, but we live in a real, real strange times. All of us know that. And they might be dangerous times, but you know, it hasn't been any different than uh, for Christians ever since uh, the first church started. So it, we shouldn't think, uh, hey, what, we're just because we're in America and had so many freedoms that we should be exempt from anything. But praise God, we got less than 30 days left for one a major election. And I believe it's a, a real major election, one of the uh, most important elections we could come against and, and, and be a part of. And, you know, this election has many uh, things, uh, consequences that it could mean if a certain party gets in because Dr. Dobson wrote in, in Intercessors for America last month, he puts out, I believe seven critical issues have a stunning significance for the nation. Number one, the next generation. What's the next generation going to have to live for if, if, if we live in a socialist uh, 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 Marxist type of uh, land. Uh, second, uh, secondly, the sanctity of hu human life. How many of you know this is a, a big deal here for, uh, for the life of unborn babies? Uh, this next election could be very much for that. Uh, marriage and family, that's critical. Uh, religious liberty. How many of you know that's already, uh, there have been states already popped up where they're trying to uh, suppress our religious liberties. So we have to know that. Capitalism versus socialism. How many of you know that's a very, very big thing? Goes on to say the judicial system, which we have a, we have uh, a Supreme Court nominee that uh, we we need to pray that she's going to get uh, uh, seated and uh, go on with uh, to make this court a little more conservative than what it's been. And the nation of Israel. How many of you know this is the scripture? Scripture tells us that those who bless Israel will be blessed. That's Genesis 12, 3. So tonight, I just want to talk to you about something that's always dear, near and dear to my heart. What are we to do? We're to pray. See, over in uh, a couple different passages of scripture I'm going to talk about tonight, and you've heard them before, but I'm calling the charge tonight that you at home, maybe some of you can't make it to church, we can all pray. In fact, it's a Christian duty and responsibility. It's not just something, well, we'll sit back and say, well, what will happen uh, and let God take care of everything. God wants us to partner with him. He made it and set it up that way from the beginning. But it goes over, and you know that's, this is uh, Ephesians 6. It says in verse 12, well, in verse 11, it says, Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We're, <laughs> the wiles of the devil. How many of you know the devil's running rampant across our nation around the world right now? But we need to be able to stand in that time. And he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We're in a spiritual battle, my friends. We're not just in a, a, a fleshly battle. We're in a spiritual battle. We're fighting against spiritual uh, 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 hosts of uh, wickedness from on high. 
And he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. When you when you you sit in solid and you're you and then it goes on and liken it unto a Roman soldier and talking about how you could stand stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and then above all taking the shield of faith which is you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, this day, this hour, he's saying, take those things, put those things on all the time. Be ready. Get the word of God in your heart. And then he goes on to say, praying always with all prayer. We're to be armed and ready for battle. And so we can pray against the wiles of the devil in this day, in this hour. That's what he's calling us to do. This isn't just setting back. Uh, being, well, I don't like so-and-so and being critical of somebody else and worried about all the little. No, we got to get the, a biblical worldview and a, and a godly vision of what God wants to do on the earth this day and this hour because we're fighting against uh, uh, in a spiritual warfare. It goes on to say, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In my Spirit-Filled Life Bible, it talks about a spiritual warfare. Paul admonishes us to put on the whole armor of God in order to stand against the forces of hell. It's clear that our warfare is not against a physical forces, but against individual powers who have clearly defined levels of authority in a real, though invisible, sphere of activity. He also warns us of clearly defined structures in the invisible realm. He instructs us to take up the whole arm of God in order to maintain a battle stance. That's us, my friends. That's, he's talking to us. He's talking to that church at Ephesus. Hey, get, get fired up. Get, get your battle gear on. You're fighting against the, uh, uh, the forces of darkness. So he tells us to pray. And see, that's what we're supposed to do. Paul's, Paul, uh, you know, he admonishes and go over to another uh, passage of scripture, and this is what I'm going to center up on a little bit here in the next few minutes. It, it, another passage of scripture is over in First Timothy chapter two. You've heard this many times, and this is this is Paul is exhorting Timothy how to pray and who to pray for and why to pray. Uh, like I said, we're in a spiritual battle for the very soul of the church, the very souls of our life uh, for this nation right now in this time now is it is it all because of one party's in or another no but <laughs> there is a platform each each party has a platform and if you look at those platforms uh the number one thing for one party is to stand for life well guess what god said <laughs> blessing and cursing i said before you this day blessing and cur cursing Life and death. But choose life. Choose life. How many of you know God is for life? So Paul's telling Timothy over in 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I exhort you that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks made for, be made for all men. God wants us to pray for all men. How many of you know we were all uh, lost and were uh, on our way to hell? All were sinners. 
And we're all saved only by one thing, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the grace that he gives us through, his, through that, uh, uh, what he went through. But he exhorts us. He's exhorting us. He's, he's, that's more than just a, please do this. No, this, this is a command. This is a charge. I exhort you. Well, who's he exhorting? He's exhorting Timothy, who was a pastor, who was going to tell his followers, I exhort you. We are none of us are exempt from this. We're all called to pray. He would say tonight, I, would, I exhort you to pray and make supplication and prayers and intercession and giving of thanks made, made for all men and then for kings and for all those in authority that may we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, uh, of our God, our Savior, who would have all men to come to us to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his desire tonight. You know, it's it, sometimes I've heard people say it was very difficult to pray for people that 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 are opposed to the things we believe or uh, or our enemies. But you know, the Bible tells us clearly that we're to love our enemies and pray this for those that despitefully use us and persecute us. So we're to pray for them. Listen, I have to think. <laughs> Back before I gave my heart to the Lord, and you, you may think this too, I was an enemy of the cross. I was an outcast. I was a sinner that needed saving. You know, Jesus came. It says, God so loved the world, and everybody in it, after Adam and Eve sinned, were sinners. So nobody was without sin. So we're, there are people tonight we need to pray for, but we need to pray for those uh, those in authority and believe God for them. Prayer, prayer for all men, it says, for the high and for the low uh, people, for the educated and the uneducated, the important and the unimportant. How many of you know there's people out there, everybody needs prayer? The rich and the poor, the leaders and the followers, the old and the young, the, the friend and the enemy. He says, pray for everyone because everyone needs God. Amen? needs direction in their life. Now that's, like I said, that's an exhortation. That's a, that's a charge to us. It's not only, it's an encouragement, but it's also a charge. Therefore, he stresses, first of all, above all these things, put prayer first. This is what he's saying. Begin to pray. And there's a supplication. How many of you know? Supplications. Well, what does that mean? This refers to special needs, deep and intense needs. When we have special needs in the lives of our people, all people, we are to supplicate for them. This is to begin carrying the need before God with a great sense of urgency and plead and beg for the person or persons. Amen? Amen. Uh, how, would, how would our nation look if we begin to pray uh, uh, for one for another and, and for the loss and for the hurting and the dying and, and the... Uh, 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 in our community and for our loved ones and for those unsaved people. If we begin to, we had a testimony last night in prayer meeting that someone gave that they had a list of D.L. Moody had made a list of a hundred people that he was praying for and, and every one of them got saved in the last, I think the last three or four or five got saved at his funeral. But this person had a list and she had written down all these names and she's begun to see people being saved. But one of them was her grandson. 28 years old, had gave his heart to the Lord just this past week. Praise God. What is that? Pray for all men. Supplicate for all men, he says. 
So we go to go on for that. Let me go on some more. There, there are prayers. This is referred to special times of prayer that we set aside for devotion and worship. I don't even know we need to worship God. Maybe you're not comfortable with doing that. How many of you know you can get comfortable real quick when you think about his goodness and what he's done for you? How could you not praise and worship him? Oh, please do that tonight. Begin to say, thank you, Lord, that you saved me. You set me apart for such a time as this. I'm alive tonight and, and living tonight for your, for your will to be done in my life, that I could help carry the banner of Jesus Christ. Amen? Set aside for uh, prayer and, and worship. There's intercession. This is the boldly praying to stand before God in behalf of another person. Well, we know the story of this story. We know the story over in, in uh, Abraham. We know that story. I, many of you have read the, uh, Brother Hagin's book, Praying for the Nation in the Art of Prayer, was the name of the book. Well, he talks about uh, interceding for a nation and interceding for uh, a nation. One of the things he talks about, I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about this tonight. He had had a vision in 1963, you can go on YouTube and it's on there, about what would be happening today and how, how um, uh, Marxist and communistic movement would be coming across this land around this world. And in 1970, he had another one. And it, he said, Jesus said to him, back in 1970, you had three similar dark objects come up out of the Atlantic and leapfrog all the way across the land. If you and the Christians had done what you should have done, none of these things would have happened to your nation. You would have not have had the riots. Now listen, this was 1968 to 70. There were all kinds of riots. They say in 68, there were over 100 riots in uh, 100 cities that had riots in this nation. But he was talking about, and it goes on to say political disturbances. Well, that was when Watergate scandal broke. And uh, he said... Uh, you, your president would not have made the mistakes he made. In fact, I am holding the church responsible for this mista these mistakes. I began to cry and weep. Oh, God. Yes, I said, I'm holding you and the church responsible. Then he said, when you tell that some of the Christians, they will laugh. But when they stand before me in my judgment seat and they receive the condemnation rather than the man who was then president, they won't laugh. If Christians had done what I told them to do in the Bible, if they had prayed for the leaders of their nation and would have kept their evil spirits from operating. What did Paul say over in Ephesus? He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is what we're fighting against, my friends. He goes on to say they would have kept the evil spirits from operating. Then he continued, similar things, similar things, not the same things, but similar things. Sim I'll get it. <laughs> things are about to happen again. Well, he could be writing this today. He could be writing this tonight. I'm telling you, this is not any different than what he was talking about in 1970. If you do not pray, they will happen. I'm not going to hold the president responsible for the nation. I'm going to hold the Christians of the nation responsible. Please get a hold of what I'm saying. Don't look at... Our president now and say, well, I don't like what he says. And I don't like what he looks like. And I don't like, no, he said, pray for this guy. Pray for our president. Why? Because we have a president now, whether we like the way he talks, the way he looks, or his, his personality, he has set up things that says he believes in life. He believes in, uh, uh, um, he's pro-life. He's pro-church. 
<laughs> he, listen, my friends, we don't need to go a different way in our nation. But God says that Brother Hagin, and I believe he says that to us tonight, he'll hold us responsible if we don't pray. Listen, if I pray as he told me to, and it doesn't go the way I think it should go or way, it, um, you know, listen, when I stand before him, he, he will not say you didn't pray. He'll say you did what I told you to do. Amen. So we got to quit worrying and, and fussing over little things that don't matter so much. We got to get on the big in the big picture and begin to pray. He's called us for this time. I'm looking forward. He's doing some mighty things, but he wants us. He's well. He's commanded us to pray. Paul wouldn't have told Timothy to pray if it wasn't important. He would have said, "Okay, just sit back and we'll watch what God will do." No, you pray, and then we can sit back and watch God do something. Amen. Amen. I know I get a little animated here, but I'm, this is important stuff. If you not pray, it will happen. I'm not going to hold the president responsible, he said. I'm going to hold the Christians. Then it goes on to say, there will arise unless the Christians play, pray, not for the same purpose that other riots came, but there will be riots, tumults, and disturbances all across the nation. Second, something about to happen to the president. That's what he said. That will, should not have happened, and it will not happen if you will pray. Now, this, you could, there again, you could write this tonight. There, third, something is about to happen again that will bring further trouble in the economic scene, the financial structure. But you can stop all three, he told Brother Higgins. Listen, we can stop the wiles of the devil if we stand fast, if we put on the armor of God, if we get in the, in the fight. Not sit back and let somebody else fight for us. You know, there are a lot of, we're, we've been real fortunate, my friends. We've been shown the truth. <laughs> this will be our 40th year coming up. This church has been around. And it's always been stood on the word of God and the truth of God. Amen? Amen. So listen, we have a responsibility. Now, what it goes on to say, Brother Hagin wrote in here, and I totally agree with it. How can we intercede? We can intercede for our nation as Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah. There wasn't any worse nations than Sodom and, or cities than Sodom and Gomorrah. But we know this scripture. He said, shall I hide from Abraham that which I, will, which I, will, I do? This is God speaking. He would not destroy these wicked, uh, those wicked cities without informing his blood covenant friend. I mean, you know, we got a blood covenant. We're friends of God. But he goes on to say, Abraham was standing on his blood covenant rights when he said to God, Will thou not destroy the righteous with the wicked? Preadventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for fifty righteous? And we know this story. It goes on down. It got down to ten. <laughs> God would have not destroyed it. It says, Abraham kept going down to the number to the Lord. Preadventure ten shall be found. And the Lord said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. If there had been ten righteous people, you know, this nation is full of, of, of righteous Christians. But should we not be praying and standing in the gap and believing? God, turn this nation around. Show yourself strong on behalf of your people in this nation. Show yourself strong for your glory in this nation. I believe that's, that can happen. But we need to be praying, my friends. He said, I won't destroy it for ten. You know that the old world would always has been destroyed if it had not been for us Christians. That's what Brother Hagin says. Matthew uh, 5.13 says, You are the salt of the earth. 
Amen? We're the salt of the earth. We can preserve things. We can keep things uh, from going stale and from, and from decaying if we'll stand in the gap. Amen? Now, first and foremost, uh, we know the Second Chronicles says, If my people call by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. In other words, repent and get back to praying. You, he'll begin to have opportunity to heal our land because God has set it up, my friends. Well, some will say, well, God can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he set it up that we would be his agents on the earth. He would work with us to call unto me. Amen. So anyways, that's intercessions. We're to intercede for our nation. Intercede for those in authority tonight. Intercede for the lost man and the lost people. So we go forth and do that. There's, there is thanksgiving. This means we should thank God for hearing and answering. Thank him for what he has done and is going to do for all men. This is that part of, of, of thanksgiving. Amen? It goes on to say, <laughs> I said it a while ago, but I'll say it again. Here's what we're supposed to do. It says, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. That's what we're to be doing tonight. How about praying for the governor of this state? Do we need another? <laughs> we either get, get him uh, uh, born again and, and turned around, or maybe we can pray that he gets succeeded here and moves out. We can do either one of those, but pray for him to come to a saving knowledge. Praying always, here's what it says in Ephesians 16:18. We just quoted this. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching there unto all perseverance and supplication for the saints. In, in Philippians 4, 6, now I'm telling you this because everywhere you turn around, God's telling us to pray. Here's what he says in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. In other words, let's don't get anxious about this. Let's just do what we know to do. Hallelujah. Let, let's, let's pray and partner with God and then, and then watch him do a mighty work. Pray for, be careful for nothing but, anything, any, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace. Wow. You want peace tonight? Just do what he said to do there. Which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He tells us to continue in prayer and and watched in in the same with thanksgiving. There's he's just telling us to do this. Now Paul's writing this. You're saying, well, that that was a different time. It's it's been no different. Sin is still sin. The world's still crazy, uh, run by crazy people. If we allow it to be, this was when Nero was was the uh, uh, king or the emperor at the time. Uh, he was in power, and and he was the emperor of Rome. You remember that he had just burned. Uh, uh, the city, Rome, and blamed it on the Christians. He was still in power, tormenting and, and persecuting Christians. So, But Paul says, go ahead and pray for him. Pray for him. He didn't say don't pray for him. He said pray for him. So that's what we're to do. So tonight, I got other things. I could go on tonight, but I'm encouraging you. If you're at home, what do I pray, Mike? How do I pray? Well, first of all, if you don't know what to pray, we got little books here, right here. It's called Pray for Our Nation. It, it'll set you up and it'll tell you the different things you can pray for. Pray for social welfare of our nation. Pray for our, 
uh, uh, people to get saved, election of godly officials, all those things. It goes through a whole bunch of things. Get one of those and just begin to agree with that. Amen? You begin to, and the more you pray, the more you stand. Listen, the more, the less you'll be critical of what's going on. You'll be, you'll be happy that you're joining partner with God. Amen? Amen. I'm excited about seeing God move mightily in this nation. I, listen, I don't listen to all the newscasts. I, I read my, a little fee that I have on my phone and a few things, but stay away from that. Trust God, get in the word of God and begin to pray. So for, before I get off here tonight, let's just, let's just go ahead and pray. Get ready to agree with me. It goes on to say in that scripture that they were lifting holy hands. He told them that, uh, and, and, uh, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And then he said, uh, uh, he desires all men to be saved. I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Amen. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Father, I thank you so much that you placed us here for such a time as this. You haven't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind to stand in the gap for those that are lost, hurting, dying, and signed. To stand in a gap for this nation. You said to pray for kings, and well, we don't have a king, but we have a president. And we pray for him tonight, that he'll be strong in the Lord and the power of your might, making wise and godly decisions that, that will help us to, uh, to return this nation to a place where it has moral value and moral uh, direction that's godly. In Jesus' name. We pray for this election coming up. We pray that it would be a fair election, that it would turn out, Lord, we know that you're for life. So my my prayer tonight is that the, the platform that has life and pro-life would be the one that wins in Jesus' name. That abortion would be eradicated, all these things. I pray for the Supreme Court nomination to be uh, to be put in place. I know they're going to try to tear her down for her religious beliefs, but Lord, I thank you that you placed her here for such a time as this. I pray for the Senate races, Lord God, that Lord, that they would go well for the, for the party that says I'm for life in Jesus name. I pray for the churches to rise up strong, not to be afraid in this day and this hour, but stand strong and begin to pray and partner with you to see a mighty move of your spirit in Jesus' name. We pray for an awakening across this land and a revival in the churches, a revival of prayer. What my people are called by my name, you said. Well, that's what we're to do is pray. We ask you to forgive us for our prayerlessness and ask you to help us to be in constant prayer and be in touch with what you want. Pray in the presence of God and hearing the voice of God in this day, in this hour. We thank you that we are the light, not the darkness, and we are the salt, not, and we are salt and light in Jesus' name. You place us here for such a time as this. May we not, may we not miss our opportunity in Jesus' name. Well, thanks for being here tonight. I'm glad you're tuned in. Listen, every vote counts and every prayer counts. So get, get, on, get on your knees, stand up wherever you go, Begin to pray for our nation, pray for what Paul said to Timothy, and let's see God do a mighty work in our nation. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next time. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. 
Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.